Good day and welcome to the Topco Business Unusual podcast. Today I'm joined by Mohammed Ahmad, the CEO of Boone Africa, the South African um, fast growth company of the year 2019 at the National Business Awards. Mohammed, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Good afternoon, Ralph. I hope you're well. If you don't mind, I'd just like to, you know, say assalamu alaikum and Ramadan Mubarak to all of your Muslim listeners as well. Thank you so much for inviting me. Sure. So I think sometimes we live in our own little bubble and we forget that um, your community is in fasting at the moment. Yeah, I agree. You know, the this unprecedented sort of lifestyle that we've now been you know, bombarded with has changed everything. I don't think people are aware of you know, the reality that surrounds them outside of their homes, you know, so that's a new dynamic to life. It's, it's a new dynamic for sure. So how have you been keeping? I mean, we caught up briefly, but I mean, I know that you're at home in Joburg, you told me that. How are things going? Everything is great. I mean, um, we, I, you know, the economy at the moment is, you know, from a business perspective, um, there's a lot of things happening at the moment. However, uh, there's, you know, there's a lot to be discussed in terms of, you know, just my general sort of well-being. I think I'm, I'm, I'm great. You know, it's been a, it's been different being at home and having to work from home. Try to, you know, pull your resources and get everything done efficiently. But um, it's, it's something that, you know, it's an experience that you can learn from. So I'm, I'm well. I hope that you are well as well, Ralph. I think that's the thing, right? Coming out of this and what you can learn from it. I mean, I think some of the things we've been through as a business is we've been through some recessions. We've been through some definite challenges. But I don't think anything that combines a recession and a natural disaster in the way a health, certainly a health disaster, with lockdowns in the manner in which we have it globally it's unprecedented. So it's almost, uh, I get this sense from many entrepreneurs that we're living something that we're going to be able to talk about for 50, 100 years to come. I agree. I mean, we, this has never happened in the lifetime of the generations that I believe are, you know, still in existence now. So I doubt that, you know, this is going to be, um, you know, an excluded topic in any discourse for a long time. Um, the effect has been absolutely, you know, catastrophic in many ways, you know, not just, you know, healthcare and general, it's just the general populace has had to deal with a lot of different dynamics, you know, as a result of this, um, this circumstance. So I agree with you, definitely. And I mean, I know that, you know, you, you won the award last year as, um, fast growth company and I think that you saw a big drive of your business moving from the public sector I mean just for some of the listeners you mean you're in construction you're in media you're in four different business types but you've seen a big growth last year in your business moving from the public sector to more the private sector do you yeah. anticipate that growth 
um, carrying on post lockdown? Are you, are you, how how are you sort of you know anticipating business going forward? Okay, I mean, you know, um, when we had won the award last year, I mean, it was an absolutely, um, it was a great feeling and an absolute honor to have won um, the Fast Growth Business of the Year Award. I mean, um, the overall award ceremony itself, you know, was an excellent sort of platform um, for a lot of, you know, either established or startup companies to get the type of exposure that um, the awards itself offered. So um, we were, you know, avidly moving toward um, growth that was even greater than we had achieved last year. And I mean, obviously, now with the entire circumstance that the globe finds itself, um, that type of movement from you know, the initial sort of plans that we had had, um, they're no longer um, as, I'd like to say, as robust as they once were. You know, um, everything is now subject to change um, as a result of this circumstance. So, um, I think a lot of people have chucked their targets and, and strategy <laughs> Definitely. out the window <laughs> and I'm not talking Definitely. about entrepreneurs I'm talking about big multinationals yeah. so I you know I, I, I see I seem to agree with you I mean how what's your sense of things I mean obviously there's this big disruption that's taken place and, and the, the sense that I have generally is that the, the the community that's going to help us through this is entrepreneurs because what we're faced with is different challenges and the people who normally uh, take advantage of these challenges are entrepreneurs. And we're seeing businesses in the clothing and manufacturing industry moving towards making masks and, and healthcare products. So we're seeing a really this rapid change quickly in production cycles and produce goods. You, is there anything on your side that you're seeing a, a, a change on in the short to medium term? Well, you know, the thing is, of I... I'm not entirely of the opinion, you know, that there is going to be, I am 100% with you um, in that, you know, the entrepreneurs are going to be the ones to, you know, facilitate the movement out of this sort of, you know, this peril we find ourselves in right now. Um, but, you know, the movement toward, you know, the current set of um, requirements that there are, which exists within the healthcare sector is... I mean, there isn't any longevity in that. Um, the pandemic at some point, uh, depending on, you know, what you assess to be either the end of it, which is when the vaccine arises, which could be anything between the next six and 18 months, um, this will inevitably come to an end. So it's not actually facilitating growth for entrepreneurs um to engage in these sectors. I mean, for now, it's, it's great, you know. But I think the, the overall picture, especially for the, the economies, um, which is the South African economy, the African economy, you know, as a continent, and then the, the global economy, I think those, um, in those areas, there would need to be a form of leadership that would need to direct um, attention to um, you know, the, the growth of, of economies in 
each country in each continent and the globe as a whole so um i honestly believe that um you know the production cycles even that we are running now in south africa are not good enough i mean if you look at i mean the 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 chinese influence uh in the global supply chain you know um entrepreneurs and you know organizations now require more products and services without i mean they actually require it um and are reliant on it um and these products are coming from china you know so the organizations themselves are not even aware of their reliance upon you know the chinese products yet the chinese economy is now pushed to force themselves to grow to cater for the the entire globe's requirement um so you know there's a lot of technicality um but i believe there will be you know other methods um for entrepreneurs to get themselves out of you know the state once um the lockdown is over once business gets back to a more i would think i think relatively okay um it's it, when business is relatively okay i believe that there would be new innovations there'd be new ideas new methods um and this would have just been an experience that would take us closer to developing faster i mean if you look at the world before the i mean we've been now since 2000 in the most technologically advanced era and prior to that we weren't in the best of places so i mean human beings learn uh, from experiences that they have and they they utilize those experiences to become better i mean hopefully that that is what occurs here but i mean generally that would that is the trend so i'm hoping the same would happen yeah i think that we've known that for a while is that we are very adaptable as humans we adapt to our environment and i think that we've in many ways over 5 weeks adapted to this new environment and post lockdown we're going to adapt again to a different environment altogether but i mean um for those people who who maybe don't know about boon africa and those people who don't know about you and about where you come from can you give some insight into maybe how you came to be an entrepreneur okay i mean um i was employed in um the corporate environment for a long time i think um for the last well prior to you know the inception of boon africa which was the first organization um 9 years prior to that i was you know part of the corporate environment as a manager for most of my tenure so um i ran the finance you know for large organizations and um, i had run you know the procurement and the logistics for those organizations as well so i think um i realized that there's a gap you know in the south african um market for you know entrepreneurs with a um diverse approach to business you know in fact a laterally diverse approach to business um and so i wanted to look at you know what what was the trend in the south african market and i mean this is just within the south african context um because you know i intended to do business here first before going outside um and i realized that there was a there was an extreme need 
for entrepreneurs to come with <clears throat> more innovative ways, uh, more innovative ideas, uh, different types of strategy for businesses and for sectors that are already in existence. So where you would generally think that um, you would require, um, you know, innovation and change and, you know, um, different, obviously, strategies, uh, you would assume that that would sort of be more in a technological um, space, you know, but you can apply those strategies to existing sectors and make a success out of those sectors by applying a new method of innovation, a new way of doing business as well. So I wanted to bring a fresh perspective um, to the South African uh, business spectrum. And I think that's where, you know, we had gotten this zeal and interest to want to um, become a success. We needed to show um, South Africans that, you know, you're constantly being fed with um, information that the economy is volatile, that the country is volatile, and that there isn't any business opportunity yet, uh, we have managed to tap in to the economy and make a success out of what we've yielded through it. So, I mean, from that perspective, you know, that's that was the inception of Boon Africa. That's, that's what um, sort of, you know, gave birth to the idea of of Boon Africa and you know Boon the the company itself I mean the word Boon means blessing you know in English so we do intend on being a blessing in um, you know in South Africa in the African continent as well uh, so that was the inception of Boon Africa and then we had initially started with a few smaller projects you know to the value of about 18 million and now the Boon Africa company alone is, I mean, we've just tipped 200 million in our um, order book for the Boon Africa company alone. So, I mean, we've done, we've done tremendously well. We've done um, a lot of great things. You know, the company comes from, you know, it's run by myself and my partner is the managing director, Matimba Nkatingi, who is, you know, an excellent accountant. He is, we've, we've run the company um, with, with an ethos of responsibility, you know. Um, it's not just um, serving ourselves that grows our wealth. It's serving the community proportional to the growth of your community is the growth of your wealth, uh, which is something we believe in. So we are avid proponents of, you know, empowering suppliers, um, local companies, local labor, um, we want to grow the economy so that we can maintain and sustain our growth. So, I mean, that in a nutshell is sort of, you know, where Boon Africa came from. And, you know, just in a little introduction of, of where I've come from as well. I don't know if you want me to add a little more detail onto that or not, though. Well, I, I, I saw that you, you, you had, I think it was a master's in science. Was that business yes. science? Or was that, was yes, that business science. science. Business science. science. I thought it was, yes. yes. So, yeah. I mean... I mean, business science is quite, it's quite an intermented, like analytical, data-driven um, uh, discipline. And so it, it sort of intrigues me that normally data scientists are going to IT innovative companies 
the Ubers, the Facebooks of the world. And, and yet you'd chosen the path to go into finance and then from finance to go into construction. So I was, that really interested me. I mean, was that, is that a legacy thing? Is that because you, your family's from construction and you understood it? Or is it, was it a new thing? Or? No, actually, no, no, no. It's actually quite the contrary, no. Uh, none of my family, in fact, is in construction. I would be the first. Um, we have engineers in our family, and you know, there's you know the general sort of um, family members that are employed in multiple sectors. But I mean, that is with any family. But I would be the first generation of um, individual that would start, um, you know, a construction company in our family. So, no, it's actually not. It's not that. Isn't the reason? I think. Um, what has happened is, I think we have taken an approach to now um, wanting to develop the world technologically, but yet in terms of you know the basic necessities, which is common infrastructure and um, you know the everyday sort of tangible things that you see, which is you know um, the structures which you live in, which is your housing and you know the roads that you drive on and you know, um, those type of infrastructure and technological developments from that perspective isn't something that we as a South African economy, as an African continent has been working toward. We haven't been doing it. So there's a lot of opportunity that lies in um, providing a more sustainable um, solution and a more innovative um, method of doing things in this environment than for me to just concentrate my efforts on everything I do is analytical, by the way. Um, <laughs> everything I do is based, you know, with everything, you know. Um, I mentioned this to a few people that I've met as well, you know. Um, one of the things I, I like to say just to incite, you know, thinking is that um, I'm able to quantify a mood. You know, if you're happy or you're sad, I'd be able to quantify that for you. That's how seriously I take numbers. It means everything to me. So I am very analytical in my approach. But business itself, you know, there's there's such an array of uh, business opportunities out there. You know, it's like you're looking at this beautiful uh, picture with, you know, um, multiple colors to an extent which you know cannot even be counted and you can select any one of those and make it a success um, with an innovative with a different type of strategy and that's what i've chosen to do in this environment i mean boone africa was the first company but then you know it was boone plant and then the boone group and then boone logistics so um the company started to grow and i don't believe that we would you know in the near future, you know, a tech company as well. So there's a lot that is still to come, but it takes um, it takes innovation. It takes it takes a different type of you know diversely lateral strategy that that grows organizations. You know, um, and it takes a leader. You know, um, leadership is an art form. You know, leadership is an absolute art form, um, and you know the general sort of context of leadership is that, you know, it offers solutions to the myriad of problems, you know, that we're facing. Um, and it leads people to a sort of, you know, destined goal and, you know, sort of national national objective. But um, unfortunately, you know, in the African continent, I mean, we have now been, what, close to about 40 years 
um, that has lapsed since you know most of the African countries has gained its political independence. And yet Africa's hopes and aspirations, I mean, remain today largely unfulfilled. So, you know, the question of leadership has always remained a recurring issue in, the, in this discourse, you know. And within the South African context, I mean, the ruling party has always been the target of this, you know, pillory and vilification and this condemnation and disdain. Yet, I mean, this is despite the fact that, um, I mean, there's always been this pervasive and persistent political and socioeconomic crisis, you know. So as an entrepreneur, it's, it takes leadership, um, not just, you know, I have met, you know, a lot of people through, you know, many different settings um, from different professions. And unfortunately, you know, um, we have this myopic view, which is a sort of an uh, indoctrinated way of thinking that there's just, you know, um, a handful of way of doing things. And if, like you mentioned, you know, if you if you get into the science of understanding numbers, then naturally this should be your, you know, your your trajectory and this should be your path. But I would like, and I think I would be the one to sort of change that trajectory and change that path to show that there's more efficient ways of probably, you know, exceeding the trajectory that you initially had for yourself by margins that are unimaginable. So, you know, leadership is an extremely important thing in South Africa, you know, in, in the African in the African continent, you know, we don't have um, we don't have definitive forms of leadership here. You know, um, and for you, uh, I mean, you obviously, I, I can see that leadership plays a critical role in your thinking and in your ambitions. I mean, for you, is, is there were you sort of brought up in an entrepreneurial um, culture? Was no, uh, not at all. Absolutely not. Uh, I was and, not brought uh, up in an entrepreneurial culture at all. No. So, so, how did you? How did you? How did you develop this this uh, affinity to leadership? And, and sort of, who, you know, was it through books? Was it through leading, reading? Or was it people you've met or you know aspired to? Is is there a a group of mentors that maybe impacted on you? Yeah, it's a sort of combination of both, I would think, you know. Um, firstly, you know, it's it's always that need to want to grow um, as an individual and um, to grow as, um, you know, I mean, once you're beyond that, uh, to grow as an economy. So how is it that an individual can contribute to the growth of an economy? And I think that was sort of a pressing question to me for a very long time. Um, I've always wanted to make a success out of business, and this comes from my, you know, uh, my younger years. You know, uh, business has always been something I have wanted to get involved in. I think you know, it's the initially, you know, it's the glitz and glamour of wanting to do business that um, gives you that sort of interest. But I think you know, since considering that that was just the inception of it all. There was a lot that had, you know, um, there was a grandeur about business that uh, that called me, you know. It was just this type of, um, this, this interest that I'd had, um, not just to, you know, 
make large sums of money it was never just about that it was about providing you know um a different type of value to other lives you know it it this it evolved into something which was initially glitz and glamour to something that has now become um sort of an ethos within the company and that is you know to assist others so no it was a combination you know of 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 that type of thinking along with um you know i always admired you know warren buffett i admired him for a long time i believe that he was good at what he did at the time that he was doing it i mean the you know sort of general sort of mentors that you get out there which is you know bill gates as well i admired him for the way in which he thought i believe that he was a convergent thinker you know now we're sitting with a society of hypercritical people you know who just give you an indication of what problems are without def- defining a solution for it i mean we require convergent thinkers and i think bill gates is one of them so um that's basically it you know that's that's what sort of pushed me toward wanting to attain um this position i think uh, it's it's the best position to be in in terms of authority to put forward a notion that leadership is essentially everything when it comes to um life as a whole not just you know within the south african context or the african context i mean that globally so yeah and i mean at the moment there's a big sort of push to create jobs in south africa um and i can't help when i go to the east indonesia those sort of places the the level of trading and entrepreneurship that's happening in all communities i mean are you from someone who wasn't sort of exposed to entrepreneurship i think i was slightly different my dad was a a serial entrepreneur would go from country to country and he would be able to set up a business I mean how do you do you see that as an opportunity is growing entrepreneurship in South Africa I mean you mentioned the glitz and the glam and I, and I think a lot of people have this perception of entrepreneurship as glitz and glam I probably look at it in a different context because I've maybe seen things at the hard face where most businesses don't actually survive after I think I think it's like 9 out of 10 businesses fail in the first year or two of yeah, start exactly, yeah. It's hard work and it is and just like now it's it's you need grit determination and ideas and all the things that come with it. I I I how do you see us growing entrepreneurship or do you see see that as an important thing for Africa and South Africa's future to have entrepreneurial leaders like yourself? I do I do actually Rob. I think it's absolutely you know it's 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 imperative that um we um put together you know uh, a strategy that allows you know as as a country um as uh, and as an african continent as well um that allows for you know entrepreneurship to to sort of um grow within the african context um there's a need and i think the prerequisite to to entrepreneurship and this is sort of something that i was trying to allude to earlier is that the key um to good entrepreneurship innovation and you know um diversely lateral thinking you know a different strategy altogether requires a form of leadership that is able to identify um 
you know, the gaps within society, the gaps within um, business as well. So, you know, the economic domain has always been characterized by enormous, you know, external debt overhauling, you know, disinvestments, capital flight and food crisis and whatnot. And, um, you know, all of these challenges have been attributed to ineffective leadership mm. by, you know, in the South African context, which is the ruling party. So, I mean, that, uh, you know, there's a number of African leaders as well, you know, that have always... Um, that have always come to their positions of leadership with inadequate experience. And this is sort of, you know, giving, um, it, it causes instability and confusion. I mean, Africa itself doesn't have an identifiable goal or objective, you know, and as a result, you know, individuals that, um, you know, sort of stumble into these positions of leadership in this sort of insta un uh, um, unstable climate, there's always confusion and that confusion filters into the general populace and um, that's I mean wherever there's confusion naturally there's going to be no clarity so um, you know and hence that's the reason uh, you know Africa itself doesn't have a defined goal or an objective so I think leadership is the prerequisite to growing entrepreneurship in South Africa in Africa as a whole because I think what people have tended to take from uh, entrepreneurship is that you should begin to, you know, on a very rudimentary level, you should begin to buy and sell stuff. And so therefore you're an entrepreneur. It takes to me to define entrepreneurship. You need to be, you need to be able to define a leader. And if those individuals who believe they can fit into the position of leadership, who have this nimble attitude, you know, who have this, um, this, uh, the quintessence of other sort of global economies, if they have that sort of drive, then I believe on the basis of their, their, they want and they need to become leaders, they would naturally become entrepreneurs, which would then naturally lead to, you know, economic growth within South Africa and the African context. So, yeah, I believe it's important. I just think, that everything should be focused on leadership. I mean, that's one of the the core issues that we're facing. I mean, if you look at generally, Ralph, I mean, I would ask you this, you know, from the current pandemic that we're facing. Um, if you ask 10 individuals, what is your take on the current circumstance of the pandemic from our government's perspective? And you would get probably 10 different views because it is so vague, you know? Um, and that's where leadership comes in. It's being able to define, it's being able, you know, the art of leadership is is getting a group, it's motivating a group of people um, to act towards attaining a common objective. That's the art of leadership. You know, when there's, when there's disarray, when there's confusion, I mean, that isn't science, that isn't the trend of someone who's leading well. That isn't. Mm. It takes, you know, um, an art form it takes, you know, um, it takes understanding to become a leader. And I think that's what we're lacking in South Africa and in African context as well. And what would your advice be to a young person who's studying or at school and wants to be such a leader and wants to learn the art of leadership? What advice would you have for them? I think uh, the first thing is, you know, I think it's important for individuals out there who have the tendencies to want to grow themselves in 
or within the business um, spectrum in South Africa, Africa, or the world, should take um, cognizance of, um, you know, something absolutely imperative, and that is, you know, leadership. So, I mean, in South Africa today, you know, we uh, we find, and this is the reality that generally sort of presents itself as a challenge to many firms, you know, who are keen on developing um, their leaders despite, despite the constraints of... Um, limited time as well as their financial resources, you know. Organizations are generally looking um, to a more novel and less conventional way of identifying and training leaders who are like dynamic and who are also capable of thriving in a complex environment. However, you know, the conventional managerial skills, you know, like financial acumen and manufacturing expertises, and, you know, marketing prowess are highly significant ingredients in a number of organizations and successors. However, Ralph, you know, um, they are not adequate for organizational transformation and sustainability. And I think um, the approach to business as a whole requires leaders to become more contemporary than they are taught leaders. So, Mohammed, obviously, the the art of leadership is 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 quite elusive. There's there's not that many great leaders generally around. Um, in, in the book that I've read before, the um, from good to great, it talks about a level five leader and the attributes. I mean, for you as an entrepreneur who's grown your business significantly, you sort of had to learn these things for yourself. It hasn't been part of your culture. What do you think are the important attributes for a young person to look at in being a great leader? Okay, I think um, the most important thing is, you know, to take cognizance of what leadership actually is, you know. Um, I may have not necessarily had um, the opportunity to experience every um, aspect of leadership that others may have. However, you know, within the context of the growth of my business and um, the growth of you know the the all of the companies um, together, which is called the Boone Group, I think um, it's important to firstly take you know cognizance of leadership. You know what 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 is leadership? You know, like I mentioned before, you know it's that art of of you know grouping together individuals to act towards attaining you know a common objective. And I think because, you know, there's a rapid change in the pace of business um, in South Africa, I mean, you know, we're talking about leadership that is sort of, you know, in isolation and within context of, um, you know, the business environment. So um, when I provide you with a perspective of leadership, it's based on, you know, business itself and those who are intending on becoming entrepreneurs. Uh, Although this, you know, would be applicable in every, um, in every, in every sector, in every, you know, in every walk of life, life leadership is, you know, extremely important. So, um, what I've noticed is, um, you know, there's not a lot of uh, conventional methods within um, organizations um, in terms of financial acumen and you know, manufacturing expertise that um, that are part of success stories. I mean, there are immense um, success stories that have to do with, you know, the conventional sort of methods of doing things, but it takes, that's, that's no longer adequate now 
know, for organizational transformation and sustainability, it's no longer um, adequate. Now you require more innovative, um, more, um, you know, the, the quintessence that comes from other global economies should be, you know, soaked in by the local entrepreneurs. You know, you should go out um, and try and, you know, assess via a trend, you know, what the what the global economy is doing and how they've managed to attain success and, and keep it uh, maintained to that point. So I think, um, you know, from that perspective, you know, leadership, the understanding of what leadership is within the context of what you're aiming to do um, will provide you with an indication, not necessarily having to experience it or, you know, having been uh, brought up within that environment. I think it is important for you to assess what leadership means to you within the context of what you are doing. I think that's what makes you a leader. It, it defines you as a leader for what you are doing. No leader is a leader to everything, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, it takes definitive leadership, which is what you are doing. You need to perfect that. And I think you'd become a great leader at it if you, if you understood you know, the imperative nature of what it is to become a leader. So, I mean, one of the things that we've seen is a lot of people who have done great things, quite often they have implemented really good principles in their life. And what we see is a normal a reason for those principles being implemented is because of some sort of failure or challenge that they had to overcome. I mean, you obviously had fast growth what you know obviously many businesses do fail initially when they take off and it's about that resilience and overcoming those challenges what what challenges have you faced in in being an entrepreneur or or, or failures have you faced that you had to overcome that's driven your principles and way of doing business okay that's a great question i mean i think you know the first thing is you know every company goes through you know an area of difficulty. All, I mean, every company that um, has been in existence, you know, from the beginning of time, I believe, we found, you know, um, that there's always going to be difficulties along the way, um, you know, in that, uh, in that story of success, there's always going to be that difficulty. However, you know, I think when prior to me, um, beginning the organization, you know, with my partner as well. I think what was important is, you know, um, I had sort of a hermetic approach to everything. You know, I didn't, I, I wanted everything to be completely airtight, you know, where the, the possibility, you know, not even probability, the possibility is almost, you know, um, non-existent when it came to losses when it came to um, overall impact um, with the company as a whole in terms of facing any type of difficulty. So my approach on the onset, um, and that, that, that to me was, um, again, you know, going back to my earlier statement, it's defining, you know, what leadership is. And I, I, I had wanted to lead in this way. I wanted to lead um, something that I believed was worth leading and in order to do that I needed to have built it um, in that manner so that's basically what I did and um, 
we have faced you know an array of difficulties i mean now you look at the pandemic that is you know currently uh, you know the entire world is in peril because of it um you find that you know the global economy has stopped and so therefore you know the african economy and then obviously in isolation the south african economy so you know at all levels every economy has stopped. this is something that you you cannot really cater for you know this is something you cannot really cater for um it's almost impossible to even envisage something like this happening but it's not economic crisis that collapses organizations it's the lack of adequate preparation through a causal loop analysis that collapses organizations you know um and simply put you know causal loop analysis is you know um it's just it's understanding how different variables within a system are sort of interrelated and i think on that basis we have managed to steer clear of a lot of issues i mean we have had um you know and i always attribute my uh, my success to god so you know we have always had um a, a very um blessed sort of um business engagement with any one of our stakeholders um with any of those that are you know constantly doing business with us so we have been successful with every one of our businesses yes there is you know difficulties every now and then but it's not catastrophic to the extent that you know the business has to collapse so in all honesty Ralph I must be you know basically honest with you we have faced difficulty and that would be like with anything um and that's with any organization but in terms of there being detrimental difficulty no we have never faced it i have made sure that you know since the beginning the semantic approach that i've taken is the reason that we remain as diverse and as strong as we are i mean we spoke about the glitz and the glamour a little bit earlier um of what what most people envisage an entrepreneur's life to be but i mean up on stage when you received the award you talked about and we've discussed this as well before about sometimes only getting 2 hours sleep a night for sort of days and weeks on end um, yeah, that's true. is that necessary is that necessary is that going to happen in the I, future i absolutely love absolutely i mean you know you're right we did touch on that you know previously and it's very true you know um i have actually had you know for the last um, three and a half course of 4 years but i think the first the initial the first 2 years i mean i probably slept around 2 hours every day for 2 years straight almost you know and i hardly did anything else um the only thing i actually did was work so you know it's it is absolutely necessary um for for you to get driven to a point where you want to achieve success however you know the the type of effort that you would require from your end is highly dependent on the industry that you are joining so for example where you would hear generally that the construction industry which was you know our flagship and the initial company that we had started you'd hear that there's a lot of um you know there's no opportunity in construction it's going down you hear it all the time you know there's a lot of um instability there is volatility and so forth um and i wanted to change that indoctrinated notion because this comes from you know sources that i would deem ignorant i mean ignorance isn't stupid it's just a lack of knowledge but, but i mean 
Is there is there anything in in your journey that you can that was serious then and you can laugh at now? I mean, um, I, I often think about situations where um, you know, as a business, it was it felt like the end of the world, <laughs> and. And I don't know, I almost feel like running a business, you've got to have a bit of a sense of humor. You've got to be resilient. Because, I agree. Um, is there anything that comes to mind? Any funny experiences where um, other entrepreneurs could appreciate your, your journey? Well, you know what? The one thing I admire about you a lot of is, you know, your sense of humor. And how you you utilize it, you know, within your organization. I've seen it before, you know. Um, I think you're excellent at doing that, and it's something you know that I've taken um, I've taken from you. So you know, I've I've watched you do it, and I think it's an important way to sort of keep, you know, uh, aside from all of the, you know, the difficulties that companies are generally faced with. You know, that sense of humor sort of gives, you know, your employees and the general aura of the company some positivity, you know. So, in fact, you know, we have had um, situations where, you know, my partner and I, I think the most difficult situation, I don't believe this is actually humorous, but I think um, the most difficult situation we had ever been in um, was, you know, we, we had faced an immense challenge with having to have employed, um, you know, an individual, for example, who has employed as an engineer on one of our projects in uh, in Cape Town and this guy you know he was unfortunately you know he was not he was not the individual that we thought he would be you know in undertaking of the project and we had lost a tremendous amount of money um, on that project but you know the great thing about it is that as a result of all of those losses you know, the experience that had come out of it had grown at that point, which was, you know, our initial, um, our initial growth. At that point, um, we had gained so much more experience that it had literally um, changed uh, our, re our revenue generating capability to um, close to a thousand percent, you know. So... It's absolutely, you know, it's phenomenal. The things that you think, you know, are sort of detrimental to you are the things that, you know, um, sow into you um, this unimaginable strength and vigor to want to achieve even more. So, I mean, that's not really humorous, but it's something that we had it's been through. You know, right? yeah. So, I mean, some, some of the other things that I've sort of looked at is I, I'm often fascinated with different cultures that we have in South Africa. And I think we have a diverse multitude of cultures. And, and I think each one has different um, opportunities of learning from. And, and certainly if I look at the Muslim community, I think there's been some research done a couple of years ago. It, it might be outdated now. But it, it was something like if for every rand that went home to a Muslim household, that rand would normally spread. I think it was sometimes, so, so like a European household, it was like, times five and then in a Muslim and then a Jewish household it would go ch change between 13 I think it was 13 different people within the community 
And and I think the, the the thinking was that we need to be doing more business amongst ourselves and less business with people outside of our community. And so the 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 general thinking is things like procuring goods from places like China or manufacturing it locally and producing our own products. Mm. I mean, do you, how I mean as a lesson for other communities within South Africa. Is that something you think can be shared as a country that we could do more business with each other um, and, and less and less reliance on countries like China, America, Europe? To an extent, I would 100% agree with that, Ralph. You know, in the sense that I believe that our ability to, um, you know, process and um, provide services um, should be, you know, sort of given to individuals within the country first, as opposed to going outside with it. I mean, if you look at Cape Town, I mean, you guys run, you know, one of the largest sort of, um, um, I think, fruit and veg, which is citrus in, in South Africa, you know, in and you guys are world. doing, you have wineries. Yeah, it's crazy, man. You guys have a lot happening in Cape Town. I mean, a lot of that stuff is sort of exported, you know. And if you look at the South African population, we are left with, you know, um, the grades that are much lower than that which we are exporting. So the South African populace isn't given any, uh, they're not, you know, paid any attention to. But I think that then stems from the economic instability, which means that you can obviously make more by selling it to an outside country than you can by selling it to those individuals that are within your country. So, I mean, I am not, um, I am a proponent for inclusivity. I believe that um, an inclusive economy, um, one that is driven by, you know, uh, the general populace being uh, in agreement with one another, I think that's the way that, um, you know, general leadership should be steering the country toward and also, um, I don't believe that, uh, I believe that, you know, as, as, as a Muslim, um, the culture of the, being a Muslim, you know, not just, you know, with respect to, you know, the general sort of, um, I think it's, uh, you know, the stigma that, you know, every sort of Muslim is, you know, a businessman or, you know, that sort of thing. Or there's, you know, although the Muslim communities and the Jewish communities you know, are largely involved uh, in business, I just believe that you know, more often than not, they're successful at doing business. Uh, I don't believe that there is anything specific within their cultures that pushes them um, towards becoming better at being an entrepreneur or at doing business. However, I think a strong religious base um, gives you um, that impression that you are now responsible, not just to yourself, to those who are, you know, um, immediately within your midst, but to your community as well. And I think when you have that type of interpretation of where your responsibility lies, you naturally begin to take care of them. And, you know, fostering that, that, that community is what allows for the sustainability and the growth of um, your entity, of your organization, you know, of your um, character as a person. So I think, you know, a religious base is important to, you know, understanding the dynamics of life, which can be utilized in growing a company. But I don't believe that any one 
religion. I mean, I would be biased as a Muslim to give you a whole lot of information as to why, you know, I've utilized what I have thus far to be, to, you know, to get to where I am. But, you know, just the general, um, the general understanding would be that, no, I don't, I think, you know, the South African economy should concentrate on its people first and the, you know, the building of leaders who are then becoming entrepreneurs who um, provide stimulus to the to their communities, not just the economy, not to the economy as a whole, but to their communities, will eventually provide stimulus to the economy and that will grow the economy. So naturally, you know, dealing with outside countries would be, you know, at an equal point with dealing with those within your country. So, you know, there'd be sort of an equality between, you know, keeping everything in-house and, you know, sending um, your products, your services, and so forth outside of the country. So, yeah, I think that's that's sort of my take on it. And, and I mean, I, I think that's a wonderful take, and I, and I have a similar view, by the way. And I speak to a number of people who also um, have that sort of viewpoint. And the way that, that I've sort of framed it before is that I know the the Prime Minister of New Zealand, um, she she's actually taking a different view on the economic growth and what she's looked at. She said, we're not going to look at GDP as a driver of interest rates and growth for this country. That's not going to be our measurement of success. What we're going to look at is the wellness of our people. And if the people are looked after and well, then that will mean that we have succeeded. And by definition, we will get that growth and GDP so I think there's a number of there's a big shift now around the social impact of leaders and communities to driving business. What's your what's your take on on Africa and South Africa? I mean, you've spoken about a lot of opportunities, and and I sort of also agree with you. I think that if you look at somewhere like the States or the Europe, it's highly regulated and very competitive and I feel like in South Africa we've got so many opportunities here um, and really it's not that competitive in many many ways I mean it, do you have the same sort of sentiment where are you seeing opportunities for Africa the future of Africa how are you seeing it Okay, I think you mentioned something, you know, absolutely important there, Ralph, and I think, you know, that goes in tandem with the type of undertakings that you have, which is, you know, the type of um, the future of HR and things like that. I think human capital is, is absolutely essential, you know, um, keeping uh, your employees, keeping those within your uh, community happy and those empowered, I think is absolutely essential to growing an economy. Your human capital is the base of everything. I mean, it is humans that eventually drive with innovation and strategies that allows for all of these wonderful things to take place, you know. Um, so um, I agree with you, you know, um, and with the statement of the New Zealand Prime Minister as well. I, I agree with that 100%, you know, that's absolutely essential. You know, past the, well, post the, the, the COVID-19, which um, is going to be, you know, a very trying time in many industries, I mean, especially in the private sector within um, South Africa as well. I think the one thing that people need to be positive about, I mean, that includes the young entrepreneurs out there who are now going to be off this notion that, you know what, it's almost impossible to do business in South Africa, considering that we were in a bad economic state prior to the, uh, the pandemic, and now it's going to be even worse. 
I mean, I think people should change that type of thinking um, because it, I do not believe that it, it is, it's at all correct, you know. I believe that there's a lot of opportunity in chaos. And I think one thing that, uh, you know, the South Africans and the African continent has not been short of in any way is chaos. You know, we are always in a state of chaos. Um, and that's got to do, and you know, I, it's not just said in a light-hearted way, but also in a very serious way it's that, you know, we have dealt with so many different types of um, circumstances, you know, as mentioned by yourself earlier as well. Um, it is about identifying the opportunity in those chaotic environments and exploiting them. I mean, you know, that, that's, that's what it's about. So I believe that post this pandemic, there's going to be um, the birth of entirely new um, opportunities, which are going to be absolutely fresh. So, at, you know, at one, uh, on one end, you know, of the spectrum, you are extremely um, scared and you're, you know, you're uncertain about the future. But, you know, at the other end of the spectrum, there's also something to be excited about. You know, this, this is an entirely new way of living. It's changed the dynamic of life. Um, as we know it, you know, it's a completely unprecedented time. So business itself will become unprecedented. Every aspect of life will become unprecedented. And um, there's going to be an immense amount of opportunity that lies um, in this entire change. And I think that's what people should look forward to. I think that's going to be the defining um, factor between um, those who attain success post-COVID-19 and those who either remain stagnant or collapse entirely. Wow. And, and, I mean, just just to wrap it up, I mean, one final question. I mean, for young entrepreneurs who are looking for advice, you were last year Fast Growth Company of the Year. What do you think is your top five secrets of success? Okay, I think um, the first is, you know, leadership. I think understanding what leadership is within the context of your life um, and in the context of what you're wanting to do, I think that's absolutely essential. You know, leadership is right at the top. Um, I think the next is, you know, innovation. I think it's important um, to keep abreast of the latest tendencies, to know where... Um, you know, either your sector, the economy as a whole, or whichever area it is that you are doing business and to understand, you know, what the tendencies are and which direction they're taking. Um, so I think innovation is absolutely important. And then the, the management um, of your organization, I think that as well, in order to become successful, you, like I mentioned, you know, in one of the previous questions that you had asked me in terms of the difficulty that we may have, you know, faced at some point that had been, uh, you know, detrimental. And I mentioned that we had a hermetic approach. So, you know, this hermetic approach, which is, you know, this completely airtight approach to your management style, which is that, um, and it's not one that is uh, considered, you know, in inverted commas, dictatorship. It's one that um, gives you and those around you the impression that you have analyzed everything. You have analyzed every single aspect of your management style and you are not going to run um, the company based on you know measures that are 
intermediate or partially you know uh, put together this is a management style that you have defined and it's completely airtight so i think management is extremely important and then i mean another aspect is you know every individual every leader and every company you know is fallible so i think taking responsibility um, and making mistakes and being wrong is part of business so accept the things that you lose accept the losses that you make and accept the experiences that you have because those are the experiences that lead toward an inevitable growth um and i can say that from experience because you know that's exactly where we had come from um we had come from that um we had come from you know that we we had not i mean it's if we had not learned from the experiences and accepted them as experiences to learn from i don't believe that we would have grown the company um to this point i don't believe we would have had the phenomenal growth that we've had i think that's absolutely important and lastly i mean you know it's important we are living in an extremely trying time i mean the south african um the south african people um the african people have been you know exposed to an immense amount of corruption and you know a whole lot of um leadership flaws you know where you know the as a result of you know the african leaders that have been put into those positions their countries sort of you know end up being regarded as their individual personal property and as a result of that you know we've had an immense amount of corruption and so forth to deal with and i believe you know the last most important thing is you know this iniquitous behavior you know do not be you know grossly unfair to others uh do not do anything that is morally incorrect and this comes not only from a religious perspective as well it has a religious base but um do not be grossly unfair to others i mean your your customer today could be your client tomorrow so i believe it's important to take care of relationships and to maintain um your credibility and the level of respect that you have earned along your way so yeah that's the five things i would like to impart this afternoon ralph i hope that was okay it, it was really great to get those insights from you i think um we wish you the best of luck with your new endeavors in the tech with your existing operations and we hope to see you later on this year in the at the awards the national business awards um and we're very grateful for your time and on being involved today thank you today. so much of it's been an absolute pleasure it was a great discussion and definitely i mean we will be at the national business awards hopefully by then this would have rolled over but thank you so much for the invitation and it's been an awesome chat mm-hmm.